Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Saint Ephraim. What can be keeping Ephraim? Where is he? Oh, don't worry yourself, Cyrus. He'll be along soon. I'm not worried. I'm displeased. Doesn't he realize it's his birthday? (laughs) As if a boy could forget. He's 18. So, now he regards himself as a man and can do as he pleases, while you work all day to cook a birthday meal, and I hurry home from my business. Did he say where he was going? Mm, Not a word. Cyrus. Did you remember to bring the date? Yes, yes, Maria, and the figs and the nuts and the pomegranates. <laughs> Doesn't the table look pretty? Yes, yes. Hmm. Ephraim's been rather silent these last few days, have you noticed? Oh, of course I have. It seemed a number of times he wanted to speak and and then changed his mind. Yes, that's what I mean. I wonder what is on his mind. Cyrus, do you suppose it's a girl? A girl? <laughs> of course. Now, why didn't I think of that? Oh, I hope not. No, no, he, he's too young to marry. Oh, nonsense. How old was I when we were married? Well, huh? That was different. How different. Mothers are all alike. They can't wait to push a daughter into the arms of a husband. But a son? Oh, no, no. He's much too young. Girl's not good enough. He must wait for the right well, one. I grant we were young, but I still say things, things, things were different then. But how? I'm asking you, how different? Well, we were we were more mature. Young people today are so scatterbrained, so restless to rush into anything. No sense of responsibility. That'll come when they have to provide for a family. Oh, take that boy. You know where we lived before? We married a Christian girl. And what did the foolish parents do? Nothing. They took the couple into their home until they could find one of their own. Well, what could they do after it had happened? They should have prevented it by bringing their son up properly. You asked that? 
what any parent would do for a son who forsook the gods of Syria. Turn him out of the house. Never speak to him again. That's what I would have done. Mm, he was a fine boy. Oh, thank the gods. We've given that from a religious home. It's getting late. If he doesn't come soon, I'm going to look for him. understand the full meaning of the sacrament you're about to receive? Yes, Father. It's the sacrament which John the Baptist administered to Christ at the crossing of the Jordan. Yes, but Jesus permitted it, though it was not necessary. For Jesus was not born in original sin. Yes, Father. That I know. Very well. I baptize thee in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And now I'm a Christian. You've taken the first step. By this sacrament, your soul has been given a new life and sanctifying grace by which you can become the child of God and heir to heaven. Now you can become a member of the church, subject to its laws and capable of receiving the other sacraments. You are cleansed of original sin, born again of water and the spirit, and if you live a Christian life, you can enter the kingdom of heaven. A new life, as if I were born again. Heart is happy. I shall sing all my life for what's happened this day. Well, now it's late and you should be at home. Oh, uh, isn't this your birthday? Yes, yes it is. It's twice my birthday. Ephraim, have you discussed your conversion with your parents? No, Father. Why not? It would cause them much unhappiness. But at least they would have been prepared. Father, they're old. They're set in their ways and worship at a different shrine. I tried to tell them, but somehow never knew just how. You must tell them at once. It'll be a shock. Even so, you must tell them. You cannot go to the shrine of Zoroaster with them. But they've planned a birthday meal for me. Must I tell them tonight? Throughout your life, Ephraim, your love of Christ will be tested. And if you believe in him as I know you do, you'll not be afraid or ashamed to acknowledge him. This is your first test. Don't fail it, my son. I shall go home now. I shall tell my parents I am a follower of Christ. So, at last you're home. Where have you been? Oh, no, no, Cyrus, don't scold. Let us say a prayer and then enjoy our meal. Drink. I have special wine for Ephraim's birthday. A libation to Zoroaster and to Ormazd, creator of the world and guardian of mankind, may they bless this house. And may they bless my son, that he gain glory in the years to come. Drink, Ephraim. The wine's not strong. It'll not make you tipsy. No, Father. I must not. What? You cannot taste a little wine? Oh, it's customary, Ephraim. He knows that. Why can't you offer a libation to our gods? Father... I've been baptized. Baptized? What's that? Be quiet, Maria. That's a Christian ceremony? Yes, Father. The first sacrament of the Christian religion. Get out of this house! Oh, Cyrus, what are you saying? Your son has turned Christian. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Ephraim is not so. It can't be. It is. It's the truth, Mother. Why, how, how could you? How could you do this to us? Mother, it's something I've thought about for a long time. Perhaps I should have discussed it with you and Father, but... I knew you would object. I wanted to spare you. I, I wanted... We won't listen to your story of betrayal. Go! 
You no longer belong here. This house is forever closed to you. Never try to enter here again. Never speak to us again. But, Father, if you would only let me tell you about this wonderful man, Jesus, who gave his life that the whole world might be saved. I have my gods. Once I had a son. He betrayed me and my gods. And now I have my gods, but no son. Go! Mother, is this what you want, too? Cyrus is my husband. What he wants, I want. I cannot ask you to forgive me for becoming a follower of Jesus. But I do entreat you to forgive me for the pain I've caused you. I'll pray for you both, and I'll always love you. Goodbye. Oh, no. Come, Maria. Have a seat. The supper is getting cold. What's happened, Ephraim? Why are you back? My parents turned me out when I told them. Oh, I'm sorry, my son. I knew they would be angry, but I hoped that they would at least listen to me. Be prepared, Ephraim. Loved ones are not the only sacrifices you'll have to make. You did warn me it was not easy to be a Christian. You have no regrets? None, Father. Well, now we must decide what you're to do. I'm homeless. That's all I can think about now. I suggest you enter the bishop's school. You have musical and oratorical talent. You should develop it. Well, I'll do what you think best, Father. But suppose I'm not admitted to the school. I'll give you a letter of recommendation. You take it to the bishop first thing in the morning. I'm sure you'll be admitted. The famous and saintly Jacob was bishop of Nisibis at the time... Within a few years, Ephraim became so valuable an assistant that he was selected to go with Bishop Jacob to the Council of Nicaea. Upon the bishop's death, Ephraim was selected to head the school, a position he held until the Persians gained control of the city. Then, all Christians had to flee. Where will you go, Father? To Edessa. And you? I found a cave on a height overlooking Edessa. I shall retire to it. No, no, Ephraim, you mustn't. The Christians need you. Though the Council of Nicaea should have settled once and for all Arianism, heresy is still rampant. It's best I be alone, at least for a time. Ephraim, you are a teacher. No man I know has the power to stir and inspire people as you do. I'll not let you bury your talent in a cave. Have no fear, Father. You'll see me from time to time. And should you need me, I'll come. I'll hold you to that promise. As soon as I can establish my church in Edessa, I'll call on you. Busy with establishing and building a church in Edessa, it was many months before I saw Ephraim again. I had sent for him and was waiting at the river crossing to greet him. And then I saw a man approaching couldn't be Ephraim. He was small of stature, bald, beardless, his skin shriveled and dried like a prune, his gown mostly patches and the color of fur. Ephraim! Father. I didn't recognize you. How you changed. Well, I've no mirror, not even a pool of water, so I don't know how I look. I sit much in the sun, and that's not good for the hair. 
When I rub my chin, I know my skin is wrinkled and dry. But how do you live all alone in that cave? I've bread, plenty of water, a few vegetables now and then. It's enough. You meditate and write? Yes, yes, I do. But it's wrong for you not to be with people. You lose your oratorical powers if you don't use them. I'm never alone. Father, I've developed the power to visualize events and to take part in them. When Christ dies, I'm standing at the cross. When he's tried and scourged, I'm a witness. Pictures float before my eyes as if, in some miraculous manner, time retreats 300 years and takes me with it. Why have you sent for me? To address my congregation. Later in the year, I wish to organize a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. I'll be glad to. I'll tell them about Jerusalem and what happened there. But Ephraim, you've never been to Jerusalem. But I have, many times. I was in the room at the Last Supper, at Gethsemane, at the trial, the cross, the tomb. I didn't question. I knew he wasn't speaking literally. When he addressed the congregation, I knew what he meant when he had told me of his ability to visualize events. After telling of the trial of Christ, he led us to the place where Jesus was chained to the block. Amid the shouts, the Almighty One is scourged like the meanest criminal. Oh, unholy sight! The heaven and earth stand awestruck to behold he who swayed with rod of fire himself is beaten with scourges. He who set fast the foundations of the mountain, who lifted the earth above the waters and hurled down the blazing lightning flash, now is slashed by infamous wretches his own word creates. They stretch out his limbs. They outrage him with mockery. He who sustains all creatures with his might submits his flesh to the whip. He, his father's right arm, yields his own arm to be extended. Savage dogs bark at the Lord who with his thunder shakes mouth. They sharpen their teeth against the son of glory. Except for the sound of weeping, there was silence when Ephraim finished. After a moment, I blessed the people and they slowly filed out of the church. When I saw the agony of Ephraim's face, I realized he had indeed taken himself back over 300 years to the scene of the scourging. When we left the church, we had not gone far when we were blocked by a crowd of men and women who were shouting and laughing at the remarks made by a man called Bodhisattva. Who is that man, Father? Bodhisattva, the knock. I'll tell you more. He's a thorn in my side. Come, he's seen us. He'll insult me. Wait. Father! Oh, Father, you're too late to hear my latest composition. But don't go away. I'll make up something especially for you. Uh, let me sing. Sing the last one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Silence. Silence, silence. Ah, 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 I have it. My friend. The learned fathers of Nicaea would have you believe that one is one 
yet three. <laughs> and after debate, long and deep, they call it Trinity. But when we count our fingers one by one, we find that one is one, and three is three, and are obliged to ask, how can this be? <laughs> they do reply without a blush. It's a supernatural mystery. Come, Ephraim. Let us not tempt him to further insults. Oh, goodbye, Father. When I find the right music, I'll sing my song under your window. Father, does he always attract such a large crowd? Oh, yes, he does. On a Sunday morning, as many people will be listening to him as to me. Then he must have some appeal. Oh, he's clever at making up rhymes. And he does, I admit, have musical talent. When he's not mocking Christianity, some of his songs are almost beautiful. But I wish I could be rid of him. It would be a mistake to drive him from Odessa. How can you say that? You just heard how insulting he can be. He has song. The people listen to that, not so much to the content. They would resent you if you took his music from them. What am I to do? Imitate him. What, make a spectacle of myself? No, no, of course not. But suppose you were to bring songs, sacred in nature, into the church. Songs in church? A place of worship? It's unheard of. But aren't the psalms really songs to be sung or chanted? Didn't the patriarchs raise their voices in praise of God? That's true. That's quite true, Ephraim. But many people can't sing. They prefer to listen to song. You have a good point. Then the thing to do is to select people, I would say women, with good voices. But what songs would they sing? Sacred songs in praise of Christ. Sorrowful songs to tell of his suffering and joyful songs to tell of his promise. And the tunes? Take the best tunes of Bardasanus and write words to fit. Oh, no, no, no. We should have something new. Everyone's familiar with his music. That's the best reason for using it. Sacred words set to a familiar tune sung with beautiful voices of women. Yes, I see the possibilities. And I know just the person to write the compositions. Oh, good. Now I must return to my cave. No, my son. You can't arouse my enthusiasm for this innovation and then leave me. But... You just told me you have someone to write composition. I have. You are the only man I know who can do this. Oh, but I have Heresy much assails us on all sides, son. I need you. The church needs you, Ephraim. God needs you. What is your answer? I shall stay. I shall oppose heresy with all my strength. Ephraim set to work in secret. First of all, he followed Bardasanis about and listened to his songs. Then he selected a choir of women and trained them to sing in unison and in harmony. We planned the first performance for a Sunday when I was to bless a group of pilgrims to Jerusalem. And to test the composition, which was later to be set to music and sung, Ephraim decided to use it as part of a sermon several weeks before the pilgrims were to depart. After speaking about several places in Jerusalem, he brought the congregation to the site of the Last Supper. O holy spot, O blessed room, thy narrow walls are set against the world. 
that contained here, though bounded in so straight a compass, fills the universe, blessed dwelling place in which with holy hand the bread was broken. Here, the grape which grew on Mary's vine was crushed in chalice of salvation. Oh, holy spot, oh, blessed room, no man will ever see the sights you have seen. Within your walls, the Lord himself became altar, priest, and bread and chalice of salvation. He sufficed for all, yet none for him sufficed. Altar and lamb, victim and sacrificer, priest as well as food. At last the day arrived. Within the church the pilgrims knelt in prayer. Outside Bardesanus was singing to the crowd. I gave the signal, the windows were thrown open, and the choir began to sing. The crowd looked up as if mystified, for high up from the church women's voices could be heard, and to me it seemed the voices of angels. Slowly, as of one accord, the crowd began to walk toward the church door. Vardasanis raised his voice to attract them back, but no one heard him. The people came into the church, filling the aisles until there was no room to stand. Father, the choir was wonderful. They sang like angels. My very thought, Ephraim, and never has the church been so crowded. What started now must be continued. We shall beat the Gnostic at his own game. I'll invite the bishop to hear our choir, and perhaps he'll recommend the practice of singing in other churches. You will stay in Odessa, won't you? Yes, until every Gnostic hymn is supplanted by one of my own. And because of Ephraim's fervor and dedication, Bardisanus was silenced. Ephraim went to Cappadocia to visit St. Basil, of whom he had heard a great deal. And he extended his journeys so that he was away for several years. He retired to his cave and did not enter Edessa again until a terrible famine fell upon the people. And when he saw the suffering, he hurried to the place where the rich merchants gathered. Well, then, see who's there, but send him away. Tell him we're in conference. My brothers, who I Who is this come... beggar who burst in upon us? Now put him out. I'm Ephraim. Don't you know there's a famine in the land and people are dying? We're well aware of it. Well, one would not think so. Your granaries are bursting while poor people starve to death. That ring on your hand would feed 200. Impudent. If I'm indignant, there is reason. I've just come from a section of this proud city where people fight for a dead rat. Many here I've seen in church, but if you are men of God, prove it now by opening your granaries and your purses to the poor. Ephraim, Ephraim, we're not heartless. 
But from experience, we know that food turned over for the poor has never reached them. Men entrusted to distribute food have sold it and reaped the profit. We have discussed this matter, but there's no one whom we can trust to organize relief and make a fair distribution. I offer my services. I know what's needed and where. I'll see to it that not a handful of grain is wasted or sold. We, we all know the services Ephraim has rendered. I trust him. If others agree, I'm willing to... I, 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 I'm, I'm willing. I'm Tell us what is needed, Ephraim, and we will do our best to give it to you. And Ephraim organized the relief, administered large sums of money, and distributed the stores entrusted to him to the satisfaction of all. By the time the famine was under control, he had exhausted himself. And after giving an accounting, he retired to his cave. A month later, when a delegation from the city went to honor him for his services, it was apparent that he was dying. Ephraim, we've come to thank you for the great service you've rendered, for your devotion, your untiring efforts, your fairness. No, no, no. My brother, heap no praise upon me. For my time on earth is short, and it would be vanity for me to listen. Help me sit up, that I may read my last composition. Let me help. Now, are you comfortable? When I die, Lay me not with sweet spices, for this honor avails me not, nor yet use incense and perfume, for the honor befits me not. Burn the incense in the holy place. As for me, escort me only with your prayers. Give your incense to our God. And over me, send up hymns instead of perfumes and spices. Be mindful of me in your intercessions. Father, read for me. I have not the strength. The decree's gone forth. I can no longer tarry. Give me as provisions for my journey your prayers, your psalms, and your sacrifices. When the number of thirty days is complete, then, O oh my brothers, make remembrance of me. For the dead truly derive succor from the sacrifices offered up by the living. Let us pray for our brother Ephraim. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor. 
for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing... I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.